At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. You just saw our good friend Scott Seidenberg on the nightcap, and that means that I'm filling in for him right here on the look at it is myself, Greg Peterson, coming at you tonight. We've got three tremendous hours for you as along the way, we're going to be joined by a pair of guests, Dave Ross. He does an absolutely terrific job at the network. You're always able to catch him on our weekend work, and he always does a great job when it comes to the show. First strike as well. We're going to be chatting with him in about 30 minutes. If you're out there on the West Coast, 10.30 p.m. Pacific. If you're out there on the East Coast, 1.30 a.m. So we're going to be chatting with him. A little football. Might dive into a little UFC as well. We'll have some fun there. And then in the second hour of this program, Matt Humans, a man that much like myself doesn't get a lot of sleep in his life, and we appreciate him for it. He's going to be joining me at 11.30 p.m. Pacific. That'll be 2.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be chatting with him. A little college basketball, a little bit about some of the opening lines that we've seen for this week in the NFL, along with some bowl games as well. So we're going to have a good time there. And along the way, going to be enlightening you guys with regards to what we're going to be seeing in the NBA moving forward. And we are going to be in the first segment or two, taking a look at everything that we want to see in the NBA in college basketball and trying to use that information and turn it forward. So that way we're able to hit some bets in the future and, well, I'm going to be sharing with you guys the bad beat experience that we wound up having in the New York Post. So we're going to have some fun with that. We're also going to be looking at a little bit of inter- an interesting prop when it comes to the NFL as well. Odds to have the most interceptions this year with regards to the NFL because we have seen some, shall we say, with some of these players, subcar, subpar quarterback play. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to have some fun there. And then obviously along the way, We're going to be giving you guys some picks, some analysis on everything that we're going to be seeing in college basketball on Wednesday as well. So we've got a little bit of everything here on this wonderful, if you're out there on the East Coast, now Wednesday morning show on the look at if you're out here on the West Coast, still very late Tuesday. But with that said, what we wound up seeing in the NBA is that all the favorites were able to hit. And I know that Scott and the gentleman on the previous show, Sean King was on there as well. They were talking about this. I think that John Von Tobel wound up coming on as well. And he wound up explaining the fact that we have seen these totals really take a little bit of a turn to the over. Now, you did wind up seeing a pair of unders with regards to the closing number in Tuesday in the NBA. But you just take a look at it. And over the last two weeks, the over has been hitting at darn near a 58% clip. I just still remember first month of the season. You were seeing nearly 60% 
unders with regards to the NBA and when all three favorites wind up hitting, it makes it a little bit more less stressful in your life as well as you certainly do have some ailments when it comes to Dallas Mavericks, but it was the Nets that despite the fact that the Mavericks have been dealing with their injuries, they still got it done. They were still able to cover the one and a half to two point spread in the end, 102 to 99. Certainly got a little bit hairy down the stretch as the Nets wind up needing a 27 to 13 fourth quarter to be able to get the job done as for the Mavericks. They were able to get back in this game. Luka Doncic along Kristaps Porzingis. The big thing with Luka Doncic that I actually really like from him in this game, he had just one turnover. With Luka Doncic, what you always want to be taking a look at is if he is actually having command, if he's able to just do a good job of being able to take care of the ball. And this is something that I think is a little bit of a sign of brightness for the Dallas Mavericks moving forward. Meanwhile, the Nets, it was James Harden who was really able to take over this game. He, along with Kevin Durant, a combined 47 points. But for Harden, very nearly a triple-double. You'd like to see that if you're a backer of the Nets. And then, really, the other marquee game that we wound up seeing on Tuesday, the Celtics wind up taking down, the, or the Lakers wind up taking down the Celtics, 117-102. to 102. Haven't been able to say that too often, the Lakers being able to cover a spread as they actually wind up entering into Tuesday. The worst team with regards to against the spread record in the NBA Anthony Davis did a very solid job with regards to the Lakers in this 117 points, 16 rebounds, and then LeBron James chips in their 30 himself. So he was able to do a nice job. And then for the Boston Celtics, I feel like they've been one of the hardest teams to handicap in the NBA. This is a game in which you wound up seeing the total pretty much get middled as well. This is an, one that wound up opening at a 217.5, close anywhere between a 220 and a 220.5. If you wound up taking the under very late, you were able to get there. If you wind up taking an opening, say 217 and a half, 218, you were able to hit that as well. So I always do feel like when it comes to sports handicapping, closing line value, it does mean a little bit of something. Being able to get some of these numbers overnight, it is very important. I'm always an advocate for it. So if you wind up doing that, good on you. But you also wind up seeing the San Antonio Spurs and their five cover rate in a row streak that winds up coming to an end against a New York Knicks team that had lost four out of their last five 121 to 109 as well but we've got to talk about something else that wound up going down in the great state of New York where the Knicks typically wind up playing Madison Square Garden we saw two games of which just saw absolutely atrocious shooting when it comes to college basketball and I always have a little bit of a mantra that when you wind up seeing games in college basketball get played in Madison Square Garden I always shade down my totals a little bit. Why? Guys just wind up cratering when it comes to shooting at Madison Square Garden. I do not know because it's not as if you're taking some sort of a football stadium and you're converting it to college basketball. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if it's a backdrop. I don't know what it is. But every single time I see a game in Madison Square Garden, I instantly shade down my numbers at least a full bucket, if not more, because every single time we wind up seeing a brick fest and we wound up seeing that tonight in the JBB Classic. Hopefully it was able to raise money for a good cause. But with that said, they might need to raise money to be able to get more buckets because there weren't too many of them to be had in either game. We'll start with the first game. And boy, oh boy, we wound up seeing a slog. 57 of 52 in overtime between the Tennessee Volunteers and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I... Uh, to take it, Texas Tech personally on the money line in this one. So I'll take it. Texas Tech winds up being the better three-point shooting team with regards to percentage in this one, going four of 24. That just tells you all that you needed to know about this game. Kevin O'Banner was able to chip in their 10 points to Taron Shannon. I thought he was going to be the best player on the, on the floor. And, well, by process of elimination, he was. He shot six of 14 from the floor, 18 points, 12 boards. He certainly did his part. But for the Tennessee Volunteers, I thought that there was going to be a little bit of regression when it came to their three-point shooting. They came into this game shooting right around 38-39% from three-point range. So you figured, okay, this is a Tennessee team that they aren't going to be able to keep this up. Sometimes regression comes through very, very rough. They went 6 of 40 from three-point range. That is really hard to do if you're trying. They went 6 of 40 from distance as Santiago Vescovi was able to give you nine points and I mean, for Tennessee, they did a halfway decent job on glass. They'd lose the battle 54 to 47, but certainly could have been worse. They only turned the ball over nine times, but just some ugly basketball in that game. And then you wind up having the Villanova versus Syracuse game. And 
The Syracuse zone looked a little bit better. That's the good news. The bad news is they also wound up scoring 53 points. You figured that this was a Syracuse team that was playing a little bit over their heads, and this is a game that it wound up coming to a screeching halt towards the end of it as Syracuse wound up having two points in the final four minutes, 67 to 53, and it's just really an indictment on the ACC at this point. The ACC has been as bad as I can ever remember it. You've got 15 teams in this conference, and you might be looking at four teams making the NCAA tournament, and I'm not even kidding when I say that. And I'm someone that I was a little bit bullish on Virginia Tech. I do think that they're going to be able to come along for the ride a little bit. I think that they're going to be an NCAA tournament team, and no question, they've got one very good team in Duke, a Duke team that I think when it's all said and done, they're going to be getting a one or two seed in the NCAA tournament. Right now, I've got them in my top six with regards to just teams in college basketball in general, but you take a look at the rest of the conference. North Carolina's looked a little bit better. They wind up getting a win against Georgia Tech. Wake Forest is a team that I think when it's all said and done, they might wind up being in the top five in the ACC, and I think that they might actually be able to form themselves as an NCAA tournament team. Steve Forbes, just such a good job as a coach. He comes over from East Tennessee State. And when it comes to the power conferences, among coaches that weren't thrusted into a coaching spot due to Let's call it what it is, a little bit of scandal. We wound up seeing it with Pat Chambers over there at Penn State, so I really don't count that because Jim Ferry, he was an interim coach. But guys that were actually hired on during the offseason, he was the only one during that 2020 offseason to take over a power program, and he is doing wonders with his Wake Forest team. So I give him a little bit of credit. Louisville, I think that the jury's out on them because you did wind up having Chris back out for the first couple games of the season, and now they're trying to mix and match with regards to their parts. But, I mean, let's hit on another ACC team that is badly underwhelming. And it's an ACC team that, well, they won a title a few years ago, Virginia. They wind up losing to our nation's fourth president. I mean, I understand wanting to have a little bit of patriotism and wanting to give a little bit of love to James Madison. You didn't need to lose the game, all right? Virginia, just an absolutely terrible shooting display in this one. 52 to 49. I mean, a great win for James Madison, a team that's soon going to be coming to the Sun Belt. And I think that they've got a relatively solid shot of being able to win the Colonial regular season crown. Now, I do think that there's that just strange thing in which it sounds like the CAA might not allow them to be able to partake in the postseason tournament, which if that's the result, that is just an absolute shame because this is actually a good James Madison team, a team that I think I'm going to be siding with quite a bit this year. I already have. I want to taking the points with them in this one, and that wound up coming through, but got to talk about Virginia. Four of 26 from three-point range. We just saw it all throughout college basketball on Tuesday, and it's sort of like what we're seeing with the NBA. With the NBA, totals were set way too high at the beginning of the year. They wind up going down, and then overs wind up hitting. We saw it with college basketball as well. At the beginning of the year, totals were set too high. They wind up seeing the total shade down, and over the last, I would say, 10 days, overs in college basketball have been hitting darn near a 55% clip now I think we're seeing a little bit of regression as well. Guys are sort of getting used to a little bit more of playing defense. You wind up seeing a couple guys get a little bit warmer from three-point range. Now they're going ice cold. And boy, oh boy, it's going to be a long year for Virginia. It's going to be a long year for the ACC in general. And we want to flush that from our system because we don't want to be having bad vibes of the ACC. We want good vibes. So coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at what we're going to be seeing in the NBA on Wednesday and breaking down some of these marquee games. That's right here on The Look At on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Brought to you by Zinnick Bee Pouches. It is a fresh way to be able to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinnick Bee Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to zinn.com slash find to be able to locate a store near you. That is zinn.com slash find, zyn.com slash find, and warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we are back here on the look at it, it is myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. A well-deserved little bit of break for him after he wound up doing a great job on the nightcap. And shout out to all the people behind the scenes that do a great job over here. Nick Wells, you've got my producer, Jason Kahn. You've got my man, Taylor. He came through for me with the Charger yesterday. So all the guys over here at Visa, they do absolutely terrific work. And there was some terrific work done to be able to set Mitch Moss and Paul Howard up to be able to bring you the Follow the Money show for Wednesday morning over there at Foxwood. So you guys are going to be able to have some fun with that. So big shout out to everyone behind the scenes doing absolutely tremendous work. Now it's time for me to do my role. I've got the easy job. I just need to talk about sports, but got to find some winners. How about if we take a look at the NBA card? And how about if we start with the earliest game that does have some numbers? Because you're going to find this with the NBA. A lot of times you're not able to find too many overnight numbers. Some of you guys, I know that you wind up looking at this and you're thinking, oh, what the heck? Why isn't there a line on Hornets versus Sixers? Is there something wrong with my book? No, it's just unfortunately the way that it winds up going, especially when you wind up having injury information on the games. Strangely, that actually does have numbers for it. Is the Nets versus the Rockets game, which I'm going to be hitting in a minute, but I mean, that's a game that is involving a back-to-back, so I do think that that's a little bit intriguing, but taking a look at Bulls versus Cavs, right now you're frightening the Cavaliers as a two-and-a-half point favorite pretty much across the board, and your total on this game, you're going to be getting it at a 209-and-a-half, and it's been really intriguing to take a look at the Cavaliers this season because they're a team that's really come out of nowhere. I figured that they'd be a little bit better this year than they were last year just because when you've got a glut of talent out there in the backcourt, you've got obviously Darius Garland along with Colin Sexton who have been both lottery picks for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You figure that this team was going to be able to rise up, but I do think that Ricky Rubio was a little bit of an undervalued signing by this team because with Ricky Rubio, always has been a solid passer. The shooting throughout his career, let's just call it what it is, has certainly been a little bit suspect, but the guy that has really been coming through for the Cavaliers and has been able to fortify them as well, that'd be Jared Allen. How about 17 and a half points, 11 and a half rebounds for him? He's been able to do a nice job down low for this team now. They are going to be having to go up against Nikolai Vucevic. He's been able to have a solid year this year for the Chicago Bulls. It certainly has been a little bit better for him because you remember after the trade deadline, I felt like he just didn't necessarily live up to his billing when it came to what you were expecting out of him. I know that you've got a couple of ailments when it comes to this bunch as well. I know that you've had Zach Levine really fighting through it. So being able to get Vucevic back in the fold, that has been very big as he's been dealing with a little bit as well. But ever since he's come back, 
Rebounds have been a little bit down with him, but by and large, has still been able to do a solid job for this team. But you take a look at the emergence of Lonzo Ball for this Bulls team as well, and it's been really incredible. This is someone that, when I was a rookie a few years ago, everyone was making fun of his shot, and rightfully so, because he was shooting right around 32% from three, now shooting north of 40% from three. When you take a look at odds to be the most improved player of the year, he is one of the players that is towards the top of that list, and rightfully so now. When it comes to the Bulls as well, you want to be noting that DeMar DeRozan has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. So that is something that you've got to take into account because he's right now the top scorer for the Bulls. So and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I will take that back. He's not out with an injury. He's in the health and safety protocols. But regardless, he's going to be out of the fold. That's the big thing that you need to take away there because that is really a heart and soul piece. And when it comes to the Cavs, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression. I do get a little bit concerned as to the way that Garland has been turning the ball over. He has been having four turnovers per game, has been able to do a good job as a little bit of a creator. But I do think that with having DeMar DeRozan out of the fold, you now have some good value here with the Cavaliers. It's a case in which I don't want to be laying too many numbers with the Cavaliers because I do think that this is going to be a team in which they're going to have a lot of value when they are an underdog, when they're a favorite. They might wind up just fading away a little bit, but... That said, I'm willing to take them here just because of the news of DeRozan. And I was mentioning it a little bit earlier with regards to the Nets and the Rockets game. It is one of the games that we are seeing currently up on the board pretty much across all places. You've got the Nets finding themselves right around a six-half point favorite in a lot of spots. I'm seeing a couple straight sixes out there. But total on this game, it is between 224 and 225. And until further notice, I don't know about you guys, but I want no no part whatsoever of the Houston Rockets. It has been a cataclysmically bad last two years for the Houston Rockets. Meanwhile, we've got a Nets team that I think that they've got a couple deficiencies, but I'm still very much willing to lay single digits here when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets have certainly been trying to find a little bit more of their blend. They go around James Harden along with Kevin Durant. They've been obviously a little bit short-handed without having Kyrie Irving this season. And Patty Mills has been a little bit of a hit-or-miss three-point shooter. You saw yesterday against the Dallas Mavericks. He wound up going two of eight from three-point range. But take a look at him overall for the season. I mean, the guy is still shooting right around 47% from distance. So he certainly has been able to do a nice job there. Now, you need him to perhaps do a little bit more when it comes to maybe hauling in their rebound or two, being able to flow the offense a tad bit more. But when you've got someone like that, that's able to bury threes. That is certainly very good for this team. They've been giving DeAndre Bembry a little bit, some starts. I don't necessarily think that he should be a starting player out there in the NBA right now, but you've got a Rockets team that they don't have too many guys that should be starting in the NBA either. So that is certainly going to be working itself out now. Sounds like John Wall might be attempting a return with the Rockets. Who knows if he's going to be out back out there or not, but you just take a look at the team and you've got a bevy of injuries. Kevin Porter Jr. is right now dealing with an injury. Jalen Green is right now dealing with an injury. You've had Daniel House out due to injury. I think that the Dell boy is right now dealing with an injury. I mean, it's just really, really bad for a Rockets team that to start with has not been very good. Now, to the surprise of many, the Rockets actually have a winning record at home, but now you've got to overcome all these injuries. Now with Porter Jr., he was turning the ball over quite a bit as well, but still a guy that was able to do all right around six assists per game, Jalen Green. I feel like it's been a little bit overvalued with regards to the rookie of the year market, but he still is someone that is able to go out to give you double figures. He's able to give you some good explosiveness. And then you've got Christian Wood. He's really one of the last of the guys that are still available to play in this game. He and Eric Gordon are really going to need to spearhead this team with Wood. They will chip in there right around 16 points, 11 boards per game. But as we know, this is a Rockets team that is probably not going to be able to do a great job down low because outside of Wood, you really don't have much else. I mean, Jay Sean Tate is right now getting starts for the Houston Rockets. There's just no taking them in this spot with all the injuries that the Rockets are dealing with, coupled with the fact that the Brooklyn Nets, they are still trying to find that perfect blend. You've got a lot of guys that are going to be playing very hard to sort of be that third, fourth banana for this team. You got to feel like the role players are going to be able to step up, even though it is a back-to-back. I take a look at the Nets. I think that there's relatively good value. And when it comes to Rockets, until we wind up seeing these numbers go upward, especially with all these guys that are injured, I just don't see a whole lot of redeeming qualities with taking points with them. Six and a half here just doesn't seem like enough for the Rockets. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Brooklyn Nets in this spot. And then what else I think is really intriguing well, we've seen out of the Nuggets this year. In my opinion, they've been one of the more disappointing teams. They're playing against the Pelicans team that they themselves certainly have had their disappointments. But as we know with the New Orleans Pelicans, 
They have been dealing with a whole bunch of injuries. Zion Williamson has not been able to get out there and been able to perform for the team this year. But they now have back Brandon Ingram. This is a Pelicans team that they have been able to play better recently. Ever since Ingram has been able to come back and be fully healthy, it is a squad that has been able to give you much better efforts. You take a look at the Pelicans, and it's really been win-loss, win-loss for them about the last two weeks or so. This is a bunch of which has now went four and three in their last seven games, which it doesn't sound like much, but prior to this four and three stretch, this is a team that they were three and 15. So that's or actually three and 16. So that just makes it all the worse. So they certainly were struggling. I do like what I've seen out of Jonas Valanciunas as well. A good peer low post player, not a guy that is necessarily going to be stretching the floor overly much, but able to do a good job down low. And then when you take a look at the flip side, and what you're able to get. It certainly is a bunch in the Denver Nuggets that maybe deal with their injuries. When it comes to Nikolai Jokic, just night in and night out, you know what this guy is going to be able to bring to the table. But when it comes to the Nuggets, just the fact that they've been dealing with their injuries as well with all of their ancillary pieces, it certainly has taken a lot out of them. So that is something that needs to be factored in. What I think is going to be so key for them is when they do wind up being able to get everyone back out there them just being able to click right away because I think that there's going to be really no wiggle room whatsoever when it comes to the Nuggets. But when it comes to the Nuggets as well, this is a team that they still have a couple pieces out there in the backcourt. I've always liked what I've seen with regards to some of these other guys that have been able to come through and have been able to perform for the team. Now, a big key for the Nuggets is that their three-point shooting has been a little bit down this year because you've been dealing with Jamal Murray being out of the fold. So you are going to need someone to be able to step up like a Will Barton in this game. But I do think that the Pelicans are just sneakily getting a little bit more value until you wind up getting those pieces back out there for the Nuggets. It is going to be a little bit tough. What is really easy? Being able to get good information from Dave Ross. He's going to be joining me next. We're going to be talking a little NFL, little UFC here for the next two segments right here on the Lookout on Beeson, Esports Bank Network. offers here right now when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special you also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season plus $20 to be able to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up, it's a limited time offer so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the look at with myself Greg Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg and it is a great pleasure to be joined by Dave Ross. You're able to hear him on the weekends doing a great job of holding it down with regards to the green zone. He also does a great job when it comes to first strike as well. Here in the second part of the conversation, we're going to talk with him a little bit about the UFC, talk in the first part about a little bit of all things football, I guess you could say, both NFL and college. And Dave, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely, Greg. It's always great to catch up with a man who never sleeps, so I can sacrifice a little bit. Just stay up late with you, buddy. I do appreciate it. And when it comes to what we're seeing in the NFL for this week 14, is there anything that really jumps out to you? Because one thing that jumped out to me is that we wound up seeing the Baltimore Ravens be a very slight favorite in some of the look-at lines. Now it has shifted to where the Cleveland Browns are between a two and two and a half point favorite. And I'm not sure about you, but when it comes to the Browns, I cannot trust in them just because Baker Mayfield, it feels like he is so injured that he's actually hurting the team. And I don't know if I necessarily can get behind this line move that we've seen. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping, Greg, to your point, that it gets to three. If it gets to three, we always talk about closing line value, certainly. Well, that would be maximizing that. If it got all the way to three and you're back in Baltimore, basically getting the better half of four, four and a half points, if it gets all the way there. I understand it with the Browns coming off the bye. You've got to hope if you're a Browns backer that Baker Mayfield is healthy because, to be perfectly blunt, I would like the Browns in this spot if Case Keenan was playing quarterback. That's, I'm not trying to, to dog Baker Mayfield here, but he's just not healthy. I mean, you, if you watch the guy play in, in week in and week out, you can tell he's got the bad wing and the non-throwing shoulder, and it's affecting everything. The deep ball just isn't there right now. If the running game is not back to being the, the full running game that it was, and clearly they've had issues with COVID and Kareem Hunt's injury, they just have not gotten back to what is the bread and butter of this football team, which is running the ball effectively so Baker doesn't have to put more burden on his shoulder. And right now, with a banged-up Baker Mayfield, 
and an offensive line and a running game that's not clicking on all cylinders, if you get to three, I would have to back the Ravens at that point. If it, if it probably stays inside that number, I'm probably going to lay off the game because initially I did like Cleveland. But with this line move going that drastically and not being able to depend on Baker Mayfield and this health, yeah, if you give me a field goal on the Ravens, we know the Ravens just play close games. That's what they do. Uh, I actually thought – I'm in the minority here. I thought that John Harbaugh – should have kicked the extra point when you got a guy like Justin Tucker, and I know Marlon Humphrey was out, and so that was a big concern. But I'm not scared of Ben Roethlisberger in an overtime situation. Heck, they might not even get the ball if you win the coin toss. So I thought that was a big risk to take, uh, potentially, and I don't see them necessarily losing two close games in a row. So if it gets to a field goal uh, scenario again, give me the Ravens and give me the three if we get there by Sunday. And you provide a perfect segue because out there in the AFC North, you do have the Pittsburgh Steelers playing on Thursday night football, and they're going to be facing off with the Minnesota Vikings. Now across the board, we're pretty much seeing threes. If you're laying a three with the Minnesota Vikings, a lot of spots expect to be paying anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 juice. And Dave, I don't know what you make out of the Steelers right now, but it feels like a team that shouldn't be in the position where they are right now. But Mike Tomlin is just such a gosh darn good coach that somehow, some way you've got the Steelers still alive for the postseason and, I mean, the odds are very, very much against them. They're very faint, but they're still alive for the division. And I take a look at this spot with the Minnesota Vikings, and I just have a tough time trusting in them in this point because it feels like the Vikings, you talk about the Browns playing a lot of close games. I mean, these guys are the kings of playing in close games. Every <laughs> single one of them, it feels like it's coming down to the last possession. And I do think that there's value here with the Steelers at three, even if they don't win the game outright. I could see this game landing like one or two, like we've seen with so many Vikings games this year. Well, the Vikings have to be the best non-playoff five and seven football team we've seen, right? On one week, they can be there and Rodgers go toe-to-toe and win dramatic games. And next week, they can figure out a way to lose to the Lions when Dan Campbell made one of the worst calls that I've seen going for it. Uh, you know, fourth and one at his own 25, whatever that was, Jared Goff, disaster situation, of course. Vikings take the lead. And then somehow Mike Zimmer's defense Gives up a game, uh, a game losing touchdown drive, not play drive to Jared Goff to drive it all the way inside the 10 with only one play left. And, and you play your, your, your corners and your safeties uh, behind the end zone. I mean, I, I just don't even understand what the defensive strategy was there from a defensive minded coach and Mike Zimmer. And I know that Patrick Peterson was out last week. I know the Vikings had issues in the offensive line with injuries and COVID. And obviously, Dalvin Cook not being there didn't help last week, but that was a game they had to win. So now you have another game that they have to win. At some point, the Vikings just don't win those games they have to win. And this is why they're, they're a non-playoff team as we sit right now. So, yeah, I would love to see this get to three and a half, and then I'd really feel comfortable back in the Steelers in that spot. But obviously that number of three is there for, for a very good reason. The thing I'll say about Mike Tomlin, everybody wrote this football team off one and four to start off the year. And Mike Tomlin's never had a sub-500 season. Think about that for a second. Not one year. Now, one time is Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh had a year below 500. And here he sits right now a game above 500 and with a tie against the Lions inexplicably somehow. That happened with Mason Rudolph that fateful Sunday for Steeler backers. So, yeah, it's who do you trust? And I think you have to trust Mike Tomlin more than you do Mike Zimmer at this stage. And really, we saw it on Monday night in Orchard Park, how much coaching really matters in the National Football League. So plus for the Vikings is they are going to get a lot of those guys back that missed a week ago, and Patrick Peterson will be back. The downside is they just figure out ways to lose these type of games. So if it gets to three and a half, I'd really like the Steelers side there thinking that this will be a field goal type game. And I'm so glad that you bring up Mike Zimmer as well because something that I've been taking a look at with the NFL this year, I've been unders because 50% of games thus far this season, they have wound up going under the total. And when you take a look at the NFC North specifically, you've got three teams in the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions. They have played eight overs, or they have played eight unders, and they have played four overs. The lone outlier that has played more overs has been the Vikings, and it just feels like this defense isn't firing all cylinders, and it makes a total of 43 really intriguing because... Whenever Dalvin Cook has been out there, this has been a Minnesota Vikings offense that has been relatively solid. Kirk Cousins, he's played relatively well this year, but you take a look at that defense, and man, has there been a fall-off with it. Yeah, it really has. And really a year ago is where Zimmer's defense to me got really exposed. I, I, I'm not, by the way, I'm a Zimmer guy. I actually like Mike Zimmer as a defensive coordinator. I'm a Cowboy fan. 
he did a really good job back in the day with the Cowboys before he got the head job in Minnesota. But that's his calling card. He's got to fix that up. And last year, you chalked a lot of things up to COVID and said, okay, they'll get better. They go get the veteran Patrick Peterson to come over, who I really like. Even though he's clearly lost a step of corner, he can still teach the young guys. And even losing a step, he's still a, a quality corner in this league. And it still isn't clicking. And that's on Mike Zimmer. I mean, that, that, when that's your calling court, it's like if the Patriots just stop playing defense, that would be on Bill Belichick. That never happens in New England, right? It just doesn't happen. Same thing with Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. It's his defense. So as a head coach, I know you can be a CEO, but you really have to have a unit that you identify. That's the great one, too. They have a unit that they identify with. And Zimmer has really dropped the ball last year and certainly this year. The last week's drive to the Lions, is inexplicable. That cannot happen in a game that you have to win. So I'm with you. If I had to play a side here, watch for crazy things to happen. Watch for Big Ben. By the way, Big Ben can still throw the deep ball. If you give him time and he's got weapons, Johnson's still got speed on the outside. I think they're going to take some deep shots against Minnesota, and I think they'll score. I can easily see this game being in the low 20s per team. And Dave, we talk about inexplicable things and things that should not happen. And the man that typically is sitting in this chair, Scott Seidenberg, a few nights ago, he said that there might be a little bit of value on the Buffalo Bills to miss the playoffs. Well, now they have to go on the road to face off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're currently finding themselves in the number seven slot. And the Buccaneers are right now finding themselves a three to three and a half point favorite, depending on where you look with the total between 52 and 52 and a half. And I don't think that the Bills are going to necessarily miss the playoffs, but I don't like them in this spot. I didn't like the way that they wound up looking on Monday night. Now they've got a short week having to go up against Tom Brady. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on this game, but especially if you can get a three, I think that there's great value on the Bucks. Oh, I got burned on Monday night, Greg. I got completely burned on Monday night because I love the Bills. I got it at two and a half. I had good value, I, so I thought. And then I thought with the win, well, this will be, if you told me after the game, that we had one quarterback through three passes and completed two of them, and the other one attempted 30 passes. I would say, well, if that's Josh Allen, I know he could throw the ball in the wind, and he could. The problem was his receivers couldn't catch it, and uh, the running backs didn't receive a handoff. That wasn't on Josh Allen. And why, did, why Sean McDermott didn't run Josh Allen more, I don't know. I'm a big Buffalo Bills guy. I hate them in this spot on Sunday. And to, I got, to Scott's point, there is the Buffalo Bills are seven and five. That is an indictment on Sean McDermott, a guy who I quite frankly think is a good coach. It has been mind boggling the way they lost to Tennessee, the way they lost to Jacksonville, the way they lost to New England. I mean, do the math on those games and those losses. I mean, they are giving away football games that they have no business losing. So yeah, well, I still like the Bills. I don't like them this weekend because you know what Tom Brady's thinking about coming off a of bye week. We're gonna. Oh my goodness. We're gonna wrap this Thanks. up on the other side. And coming up next, gonna talk a little bit more with Dave about the UFC and NFL right here on the Look Ahead. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Sports betting discussion around your local teams. Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are CityCasts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, LA, and now New York. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, list goes on and on. As we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg and being rejoined by Dave Ross does a great job over here on the network doing the green zone. And we've got to talk about the other show that you do first strike, because you're going to have a great episode this week. As we know, there's going to be a big card for UFC 269 with the Dustin Poirier fight. And when you take a look at this card, you've got quite a extensive undercard. And then you've obviously got Amanda Nunez, who's going to be going up against Juliana Pena. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Amanda Nunez is right now the biggest favorite on the board, but <laughs> When you take a look at this card, is there any of these fights, whether it be one of the bigger ones or whether it be something on the undercard that's really standing out to you? Greg, I cannot wait. Shameless plug, Friday, first strike right here in Visa. It's going to be great with guys like, uh, you know, Reed Coon and Luke Finicaro and Ricardo Lamas, the former one of the uh, title contenders at 145 pounds, getting their insights each and every week on first strike. But I got to tell you, I cannot wait for this card at UFC 269 on Saturday night right here in Las Vegas. And, yeah, when you look at the two title fights on the card, right, and, and I look at Juliana Pena, the Venezuelan Dixon, taking on Amanda Nunes here, the Lioness, and, look, she has already cemented her legacy. She is, and as Ricardo sometimes says to me as well, maybe not the best, you know, female mixed martial artist of all time. She could be in the conversation of the best mixed martial artist of all time. That's where she is ascending to right now because as the, the double champ, look, Conor McGregor was a double champ. He never defended one of the belts. He never defended – at 145 pounds once he went up and won the 155-pound belt. That's not what the Lioness is doing. She's doing something we've never seen before. She's jockeying back and forth between 145 pounds and 135 pounds and clearing out both divisions over and over. I mean, it's absolutely astounding what she has done. Now, the, the only woman that we've seen since she's been on this incredible win streak, which is spanning about eight years now, is, that, is, is Valentina Shevchenko, who was fighting at 115 pounds early on before the 125-pound division was created. And then, of course, she fought Nunes twice at 135 pounds. I was at one of those fights at UFC 196 years ago, uh, back in 2014. And if that had been a five-round fight that night, Valentina Shevchenko would have won that fight. But it wasn't. It was only three. And Pena got the win. And, uh, excuse me. And uh, Amanda Nunes got the win there by decision. And then the second time around, they fought at 135 pounds again. And it was a five-round five war. And again, a close decision to go to, to Amanda Nunes. I actually think that Juliana Pena is the first woman that we're going to see at 135 pounds to push her since Valentina Shevchenko did it a few years back. Juliana Pena is an exceptional wrestler, and she's grappling now out of Chicago, Illinois, where I just moved here from, from Las Vegas for the last eight years, and I know a lot of people there that have trained with her. And I will tell you this, Greg. Watch Amanda Nunez get taken down to the ground for the first time in a long time. I'm not going to say that she's going to get controlled on the ground, but I see this going deep into the Las Vegas night on Saturday night. And right now, when you look at Pena at plus 535, I'm seeing it some places, there's value there. And, again, I know people are going to say this is absolutely ludicrous. It's the, it's the goat of, of women's MMA, et cetera, et cetera. All those things are true. But I remember a night back in Melbourne, and I remember talking to Ronda Rousey uh, before that fight against Holly Holm, and I, I talked to a woman that I could tell had already had one foot out, out of the door. I'm not saying that's Nunez, but she does have a child now. She's married, and she feels like there might be new priorities in her life. And I've seen this before with fighters. And if you're trying to find some value here, I think this fight will go the distance. And at the end of it, I think it's going to be a really close fight, and I will just say it's way too big a favorite in my estimation 
for the Lioness this time around. I'm going to take this fight to go to decision, and I might sprinkle a little bit on Pena to pull the shocking upset. And Nunez finding herself as right around a $9 favorite in a lot of places mm-hmm. with the round prop at one and a half. So, I mean, even if Pena is just able to hang in there for a few rounds, you're able to cash that as oh, well. Yeah. So that would be absolutely massive. And I do think that it is going to be an absolutely tremendous card. I know that you're going to have us covered on first strike with that. I know that you've got us covered with regards to a team that you're going to be looking to back in the college football playoff. I know that you have been on the Michigan bandwagon for quite a while. They're going to be taking on Georgia. And you don't just like the points, my friend. Talk about why you like <laughs> Michigan in this spot against Georgia. As Georgia, the seven-and-a-half-point favorite, but you don't think they're going to be necessary. I'm going to take the points because you're going to give them to me, Greg, but I'm also going to sprinkle some of the money line here. I just look, Jim Harbaugh, it was really week two for me when I knew that this Michigan team was different. If you remember back to week two, it was Washington was coming in. And Michigan, I believe, was just about a six-point favorite at home. And they just come off a nice opening, uh, you know, opening season win against Wisconsin. Uh, you know, maybe it was, I can't remember who it was for week one, but it was a nice win for Michigan. They were just getting into their schedule. So it was a non-conference schedule coming in. Washington's coming in. They're supposed to be big and bad. They come off a bad loss in their opening week. And Michigan dominated them on that Saturday night. And I noticed the physicality that they played with. And, of course, Georgia's defense is still the best, despite Alabama putting up 41 on them uh, in the Georgia Bowl, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, Sugar Bowl there last week uh, for the SEC title game. But don't tell me that Jim Harbaugh's team isn't more physical. And I think they do everything that Georgia does offensively better. I think they run the ball better than Georgia. I think they block a little bit better than Georgia. And right now, which quarterback do you trust the most? Well, that's kind of a toss-up right now. So as long as Stetson Bennett's still playing quarterback for Georgia, and by all counts he is, and they're not going to go to JT Daniels, I actually like Michigan, and I think their defense, while not as good as Georgia's, is right there on the same level. So when I look at a seven and a half, eight, eight and a half point spread for two teams that are almost identical, but I actually give the offensive advantages in the way that they can run the football with the maize and blue. My goodness, it's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be a low-scoring game. And if Michigan avoids the turnovers, which Georgia could not do against Alabama in the SEC title game, I think Michigan's going to win this game outright. And I'm so glad that you brought up the turnovers as well because what I like about Michigan is that Kate McNamara just has done the little things well. I feel like mm-hmm. when it comes to John Harbaugh, he's pretty much a chef. He's putting everything together. And you've got McNamara is pretty much a the waiter. They're asking him, all right, Here's the thing. Bring it to the table. We're going to ask you from time to time to maybe clean up a little bit. You're going to have to expand your responsibilities from time to time, but we just need you to not spill the soup. And thus far this year, he's been able to do so. And that's what I like about this team. When they've needed to go to McNamara, they've always put them in good situations when they've needed to air it out. Obviously, they haven't had to do it a whole heck of a lot, but I just like the way that they've been able to maneuver this offense in general. Greg, look at this. Every time that we say, well, this is the spot where Michigan will lay down, right? This is the spot. Well, they've got Ohio State coming up, so the lay down against X. No, that didn't happen. Well, they can't beat Ohio State. Can't beat them. They dominated them. They punched them in the face, and Ohio State had no answer for the physicality of Michigan. Well, okay, they finally got over the hurdle of Ohio State. Now they'll lay an egg against Iowa, who's got a really good defense. This game will definitely be within the number 12, 12 and a half, 41 to 3. I mean, they have just passed every single test for all the naysayers that says that Harbaugh can't, Michigan can't. They never have. Haven't done it. Won't. They've checked, 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 checked. There is no way. And I know Jim Harbaugh a little bit, and I know people around him personally. There's no way his team won't be focused and prepared to play against Georgia here in this national semifinal. The scene will not be too tight. They won't be tight. If anybody's going to be tight, it's going to be Kirby Smart in Georgia, a team expected to win. They will not play tight with Michigan. They will play physical. They will play tough. They will play disciplined. And if they don't turn the football over, they will win this football game. I agree. With, I agree with you with regards to Michigan being able to hang in there. I think that they're going to do a good job of not turning the ball over. And we've got about 90 seconds. The other college football playoff game, you do have Alabama versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati between a 13 to a 13 and a half point underdog. Do you think that Cincinnati has a chance to be able to hang within the number? Because this is really going to be the first true test that we're going to be seeing for Cincinnati ever since that Notre Dame game. So I think that you've got an interesting dynamic with this one as well. 
I do. I actually like Cincinnati to be able to hang in this game. What I don't like is three weeks for Nick Saban to prepare. That's the one thing I don't like. But here's what I would say. If you're going to back the, the Bearcats, wait. Do not play this now. Money will come in on Alabama. This line will easily get over 14. I expect it to be closer to 15, 15 and a half by kickoff. So if you're a Bearcat, just hold, 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 and you'll get better closing line value before you get the kickoff in three weeks. I'm in total agreement with you there. I don't see any way in which this line goes a, goes any less favorably for Cincinnati. If anything, you wind up seeing this get to a 14, maybe a 14 and a half onward. This certainly is not going to be going down on Cincinnati, but what is always going up is great information from you, Dave. You do a great job with First Strike. You do a great job on the weekends as well over here at VSIN. And great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. And anytime, Greg. Appreciate you, man. We do appreciate the time of Dave Ross. Does absolutely superb work. And that is our number one in the books right here on the look at. And starting out, our number two, going to be taking a look at the college basketball slate that we're going to be having for Wednesday. That is up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.